Let us pray. Holy Father, once again we come before You seeking divine strength and wisdom and understanding in all things necessary that we may honor and worship You in a way that is pleasing and acceptable in Your sight. In us, that is, in our flesh, dwells no good thing. And we do pray that You would forgive us our sins of omission and commission, our indifference, our pampering the flesh, and all other things that keep us from laboring in Your kingdom as we ought. We look forward to the day when we shall be out of this low ground of sin and sorrow. We do pray, our God, that You might have mercy on not only friends, but family who from all indication do not know Thee nor care for Thee or the things of Thine. Nevertheless, Thou art God and help us to give You honor and praise as we live out our lives upon this earth. We need You, our God, and we pray that You would not leave us to ourselves, but that You would work in us to will and to do of Your good pleasure that we might work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We come back to First John chapter 2. Looking this morning at uh, verse 2 and picking up in verse 3 we're said in hereby we do know that uh, we know him if we keep his commandment <clears throat> the word hereby is used throughout this epistle and he says, it is by this that we know. In other words, he gives us some specific insight. For example, in chapter 3, in verse 16, he says, Hereby perceive we the love of God. In other words, the word perceive here 
is the idea of knowing. Because He laid down His life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. How do we know that He loves us? Because He laid down His life for us. It's not how we feel about certain things. I can never remember uh, exactly how the song starts off. <coughs> but in, in the song, it says, If you want proof of this my love, look to Calvary above. Something to that effect. In other words, if we want proof that God loves us, look at the fact that Christ died for us. And it's hereby perceive or know we the love of God. We know this because He laid down His life for us. In verse 19, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Verse 24, He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. And hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Chapter 4 and verse 2, Hereby know we, know ye, the Spirit of God. Verse 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and that He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And then in 5.2, By this we know that we love, uh, love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. So if we don't know anything else from just a, a study of how the word hereby is used and throughout uh, these few verses, uh, we can see that knowledge of salvation is directly proportional to our obedience. To our obedience. And we, we should know whether we obey Him or not. In other words, when my father had me to use a tool, say it was a hoe or a shovel or something of that nature, when I got through using that instrument, I had to scrape off all the dirt and then wash it off with water and then dip it in a bucket of oil. In other words, when we change the oil in our tractors or in our cars, we save that oil and we used it for various purposes. And one of the things was is to make sure that our hose and our shovels and things of that nature didn't rust. And when it got ready to be used again, then it was in good shape. 
And so when I got through uh, using uh, whatever implement it was that I was to use, and I properly put it away, and Dad said, well, did you, did you put that away like you ought to? I said, yes, sir. I knew that I had kept His commandment. I knew that I had kept His commandment. And we should be able to say, <coughs> of course, uh, since God reads our hearts and things of that nature, we can't always say with uh, uh, infallibly, but we've got a pretty good idea of knowing whether we are uh, keeping the Lord's commandments or not. In other words, uh, do you enjoy reading the Word? Do you enjoy praying? You say, well, sometimes I don't. Well, sometimes we don't. But generally we do. Uh, here lately, since, uh, uh, but basically since uh, I've retired from uh, public work, uh, usually the first thing I do after I get up is I do my devotion before I eat. And uh, sometimes uh, I have extreme hunger and I can't keep my mind on it for being hungry, so I get up and eat and then have the other. And then sometimes I'm in a lethargic uh, uh, situation and <coughs> in trying to read, I may read uh, the same chapter over uh, for 30 minutes uh, you know, I'll go to sleep, wake up, and go to sleep, wake up, and uh, things of that nature because of the uh, weakness of the body. And the older I get, the more I understand that. And uh, I can remember uh, visiting my mother uh, prior to her uh, death and prior to her coming and living with us, and even some after she did come to live with us, but... I can remember my mother sitting in her chair with a Bible in her lap, dozing off. And I thought, well, what's wrong? Well, now that I've close to her age, I understand it quite well. But the thing about it is, I still want to read the Scriptures. I, I, I enjoy starting the day with the Word of the Lord. Uh, I want to live according to the Scriptures. I want to know the Scriptures and, and things of that nature. And that's what a child of God does. He, he wants to know the Scriptures. He wants to live by them. What bothers the child of grace is when he doesn't do, uh, you know, when he doesn't keep the Word like he desires. And so we see here that the Word of God makes it quite clear that obedience to the Word of God has to do with knowing God. With knowing God. If I had to just sit around and try to figure out what God is like, 
I never would know Him. Because what I would come up with <coughs> and what you <coughs> excuse me, and what you might come up with would be two different things. But when the Bible says God is a spirit, we both know the same thing. We know that God is a spirit. You can't see Him. You can't feel Him. You can't touch Him. You might feel the results of God, but you can't feel God. And that's the whole thing about it. And most people don't really realize that. We know. Hereby we know. Present, active, indicative. We keep on knowing. And we continue to know. You see, the Gnostics, they thought they had some special knowledge of God and they knew things about God that nobody else knew and they had this special inner light. Well, John says we know. We know. And it's not some mystical darkness. It's not some mystical inner light. How do we know God? By keeping His commandments. We know. We know. We, we keep His commandments. There's four ways that this word keep is used. We guard as a prisoner. We guard as a prisoner. In other words, we keep on our... What's the word I'm looking for? I want to say keep on our guard. And I think you would know what we're trying to say by that. But you know, we look diligently... You know, if you're guarding someone, you're going to keep an eye on them. Well, we keep an eye on the Word of God. We guard it. Another way of keeping the commandments is to be in the same state that the commandments are. In other words, we desire to live as what the commandments are. We desire to observe them and we desire to reserve them. John talks about keeping the commandments not only in this epistle, but in the book of Revelation as well as the Gospel. Let's look at several other places with regard to this Concept. John chapter 8. You know, a lot of people, they say, well, uh, I've got this certain feeling. I know that God is with me. Well, you don't know whether that feeling is of God or not. It might be, it might not be. I hear people, even preachers, all the time say, you know, I was, uh, I was uh, studying the Word of God and God really spoke to me. Well, what did He speak to you about? 
Did he tell you something from the Word? Or did you come up with something new that you didn't know of before? I've heard preachers say, well, God gave me this sermon and I'm to preach it. Well, how do you know God gave it to you? I can tell you that what I'm preaching, God gave me to preach to you. Well, if in doing that, I'm saying that if you don't listen to me, you're not listening to God. And I've made myself more of an authority than I ought. It's one thing for me to say, I believe that the Lord would have me to preach through the uh, the gospel of First John. I mean, the Epistle of First John. I had a desire to. I think maybe the Lord was leading me to it. That's one thing. But to say God told me to, that's something else. And I've heard preachers say, well, God told me this, and God told me that, and God said this, and God said that. Well, you don't know that. How do you know that you know God? By keeping His commandments. It's not some inner, it's not some special light that God gave you. But look in John chapter 8. What are we doing? We're looking at how God uses through the uh, the writer John the idea of keeping the commandments of knowing God. John chapter 8, verses 51 and 52. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto them, Now we know thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. But Jesus wasn't saying that a man wouldn't physically die. But He's talking about spiritual death. You have to know, if a man keep my saying. How do you know you're not going to go to hell? Because you keep His sayings. You keep His sayings. You order your life according to the Word of God. Verse 55, Yet ye have not known Him, but I know Him. And if I should say I know Him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know Him and keep His sayings. Notice that. Jesus said, the reason I know the Father is because I keep His sayings. The reason we know the Father, the reason we know God, is because we keep His sayings. If a man says that he knows God and he doesn't keep the sayings of God, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. You have a person out here that's an adulterer or a murderer or a thief or a sodomite or their life is filled with gossip or lying. 
I don't care what they claim, they don't know God. You know why? They're not keeping His commandments. I'm not making the judgment. God, God's made the judgment. You say, well, you don't know the heart. No, I don't know the heart. But I know their, their outward life. I can see what they're doing. And I'm taking this according to the Word of God. Chapter 14 of John. Chapter 14. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Just that simple. Children that say they love God, or love, excuse me, love their parents and don't keep their commandments, they don't love their parents. Verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Chapter 15. Verse 10, If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. <coughs> Verse 20, Remember the word that I spake unto you, excuse me, that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. In other words, if I'm preaching the truth of the gospel and they love God, they'll follow the, the gospel. John chapter 17. In verse 6, I have manifested Thy name unto the men which Thou gavest Me out of the world. Thine they were, Thou gavest them Me, and they have kept My word. Verse 11, And now I am no more in the world. These are in the world. I come unto Thee, Holy Father. Keep through Thine own name those that Thou hast given Me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 12, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my, Thy name. Those that Thou gavest Me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but that the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 15, I pray not that Thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that Thou shouldest keep them from the evil. And we could go on and on and on and on. This is just in the Gospel of John. Look in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. 
chapter 2, verse 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken in shivers, even as I receive of my Father. Chapter 3, verse 3. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come unto thee as a thief in the night, as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. But notice he said, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. Verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my words, and hast not denied my name. Verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. (coughs) Revelation chapter 12. Chapter 12. Verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Chapter 14. Verse 12. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. And then chapter 22 of Revelation, verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 9, Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and thy brethren the prophets, and of them that keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. Now let's go back to 1 John. We've already read verses 2 through 5 of, of chapter 2. 1 John 3 22. Who is a liar? Excuse me, I'm reading. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Verse 24. And he that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him and He in Him. And hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Chapter 5. 
verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. And then verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now that's just a mere sampling. And we could multiply the verses of Scripture that tell us that keeping the commandments of God and keeping the commandments in the Gospel and the Epistles and in the Revelation and all of these others, that's how we know that we know God. And that's how we know that He loves us. That's how we know that He is the propitiation for our sins. That's how we know that we have an advocate with the Father. Hereby, 1 John 2, 3, Hereby we, do we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Some refer to the Him as being Christ. Some refer to the Him as being the Father. And I kindly agree with Pink that it refers to both. In other words, hereby we do know that we know Him. In other words, if we know Christ, we're going to know the Father. If we're going to know the Father, we're going to know the Son. Of this verse, <coughs> Pink said, Our present verse is speaking of a saving knowledge where that is in view, while the divine persons may be distinguished, they are not to be separated. None can approach the Father except by the Son, John fourteen six, and none can come unto the Son unless the Father draw him, John 6.44. As Christ declared unto those who opposed him, Ye neither know me nor my Father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. John 8.19 And as he told his disciples, He who has seen me has seen the Father. John 14.9 one cannot be known apart from the other. No man knows the Son but the Father, neither knows any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever he will reveal him. Matthew eleven twenty seven. I think that's good reasoning and uh, good insight on that. Uh, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. It's not just Christ or Father, it's both. If we keep His commandments, 
The word commandment is not the word for law. It's not namas. It's interlay. And these, what are the commandments? It's the various injunctions that's given, faith, love, obedience, and so on and so forth. John never uses the law to express the rule of the Christian's obedience. He uses it as the Mosaic law. In other words, it's not just the Ten Commandments. It's everything that a Christian ought to be doing. Keep His commandments. Love one another. Pray for one another. Help one another in need. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. And so on. And who is it that keeps the commandments? It's the believer. The regenerate child of God. Remember that the unregenerate were called in Ephesians 2.2 children of disobedience. And the regenerate are called obedient children. 1 Peter 1.14 So who is it that keeps the commandment of God? It's God's children that have been regenerated. Verse 4, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. In other words, this is not when it says, He that saith that I know him, the word know there is in the perfect active indicative. In other words, if a man is saying, Well, I, I've known God, I, I really know God. I may not be showing it now, but I've known him in the past. Well, he that saith that I know him, he that says that he knows God, but he doesn't keep his commandments, he's a liar. I like what A.T. Robertson said of I know him. Perfect active indicative. And he said, This is one of the pious platitudes, cheap chap traps of the Gnostics, who would bob up in a meeting with such explosions. John punctures such bubbles with sharp additions and keepeth not. And that in present active participle. The one who keeps on saying, I come to know him, or I have come to know him, and keeps on not keeping his commandments is a liar. Just like Satan, John eight forty four, 
And First John, like First John 1, 8 and 10, followed by negative statements as to First John 1, 8 and 10, there is a whip-cracker effect in John's words. In other words, John is saying here, anyone that tries to say that they have known God or they are knowing God and they're not keeping His commandments, they're just simply a liar. Doesn't matter what they pop up and say, doesn't matter what all they might profess, they might know theology, they might even know the doctrines of grace, they might know election, predestination, uh, uh, redemption, irresistible grace, they might know all of those things, but if they're not keeping His commandments, it's a facade. It's a show. And their bubble is popped. They are exposed for what they are. Just a bunch of hot air. Just a bunch of hot air. They're just a big bubble with a bunch of air in it. There's no substance to it whatsoever. And it's not just they have kept a commandment every now and then. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. You see how this epistle already is one of the most searching epistles of the New Testament. You say, well, is that really what what it's saying? I don't know how you can get any plainer. I don't know how you can get any plainer. He's a liar. What is a liar? According to Webster, a person who knowingly utters falsehood. Now there's something that you need to really keep in mind there. Let's say well I'm trying to give an, an illustration. Let's say that you say something about someone that it was told to you and you thought it to be true, but you were mistaken. Uh, let's say that you uh, 
uh, you knew somebody that sold a piece of property. And based on their conversation that you had had with them, what their asking price was for the property, and they sold the property, and you say, well, uh, I guess they were asking $150,000, so I guess that's what they got. But in reality, they sold it for 120000 Well, you didn't tell a lie. You were mistaken. Telling a lie is knowingly uttering a falsehood. In other words, you knew they got 120000 Well, they really got a hundred and fifty thousand, and they should uh, they should do more with their money than what they're doing, you know, something of that nature. That's a poor example, but the, it's the thing that you need to know that a person who knowingly utters a falsehood. I've had people to come up to me and say, you know, I told you something the other day about so and so. I was wrong. I thought. Uh, you know, and said, I'm sorry I lied about them. I said, you didn't lie about them. I said, what you thought was right. I mean, you thought what you were saying was right. You was not knowingly telling a falsehood. So it's one who declares another as a fact that he knows to be not true, and with an intention to deceive him. The uttering of falsehood by mistake and without an intention to deceive does not constitute one a liar. And then he gives First John Webster did first John chapter two, one who denies Christ. You see, when a person denies Christ, they are denying clear evidences. They are intentionally disregarding the Scriptures. They are knowingly speaking contrary to the Word of God. And that constitutes them as a liar. I'm going to stop here. We'll come back with this next time because this word for liar is only used ten times. And I want us to look at it, but it'll take us more time uh, than we have this afternoon. And so we'll just come back and start up with that next time. But remember that telling a lie is telling a falsehood with the intent to deceive. Sometimes we, uh, we see things, we hear things, uh, we assume things, and uh, we don't mean to deceive anybody. We were just wrong. And naturally, we ought to make amends for that if we find out that we're wrong and tell folks, well, what I told you was wrong. But I, I didn't mean, uh, you know, I didn't mean to deceive you. 
And so uh, it's still an untruth, but it's not a lie. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank You for Your Word. We confess to You how this epistle really slays us, but puts us in our place in no uncertain terms. We might want to make excuses for what we would say are shortcomings when it's really our sins. Help us to face it head on. Grant us repentance that we might confess our sins knowing that You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness through the justifying righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in His name we pray. Amen.